0: Hello, everybody. My name is Jasmine. And this is Brittany. And we are back with the Sugar Honey Spiked Tea Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Dr. Stacia Alexander. Hello. Um, She is a clinical psychologist who owns a private practice in Dallas, Texas called Positive Influences. And just so we are clear, she is not participating in drinking with us (laughs) on this show. She does not drink, but she did agree to come on our show. So we are grateful
1: to put that out there. Um, And today, I'm sure most of you have already heard or read, uh, we will be talking about mental health in the black community. Um, so we always start with the drink of the day, which it's called "Who Do I Wine To?" Uh, with uh, right. so we can just get started with the show. The okay, are sipping, of course. Once again, Dr. Alexander <laughs> is not is not sipping. Make sure we make that clear. <laughs> um, so,
0: Dr. Stacia, mm-hmm. tell us about yourself. Where are you from? I am from Dallas,
2: Texas. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. I live in. Uh, Mansfield now we've been out here um, for about 15 years um, we've been in the area so
1: okay not far from my home okay cool all right and I know you recently got your PhD congratulations mm-hmm. Thank that's you. exciting we, yes, we yes. love black excellence <laughs> um, so tell us about your educational background and where you graduated from Okay, so my uh, first degree was a long time ago, (laughs)
2: 1991 from UTA, right here in Arlington. That's how I ended up on this side of the metroplex um, in Arlington. I just liked it out here. Um, Did that first, and then I uh, went straight into my master's degree and got my master's in counseling over in Garland at Amberton University. It's a private Christian school. Um, And then I got married and I started having babies. Uh And so I took a break from my education and started my Ph.D. when my daughter was in kindergarten. So Uh she's a senior this year. So I always say 12 years a slave. I got the Ph.D. (laughs) I finally finished it. But um, yeah, the whole time I've been working in the field, though.
0: Okay. Well congratulations. Thank you. Um, so you've been in this field since mm-hmm. the beginning, so you always wanted to be
2: Yes, from student. yeah, I think I figured it out in seventh grade.
0: Really? Oh, wow. so mm-hmm. tell us the story about
2: that. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. And how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the reason I um My dad um, was in college. My mom and my dad, they both went to college, but my dad um, graduated. My mom ended up going to work full time, but um, my dad had his college books on the shelf and there was quite a bit of uh, trouble in our house. My family, just uh, my nucleus and even the extended family, there was quite a bit of turmoil. And so me um, just sitting in the living room one day and I saw the psychology books on the shelf and I just started reading. And talking about families, family dynamics, and it was like a bright light. Okay, so we're not crazy. We're <laughs> just having problems getting along. And so it was just like I started absorbing those books, just reading, 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 reading. And that was it. From from that point forward, I knew this is what I wanna do. I just wanna help
1: families, help them you know, figure it out. Mm-hmm. People. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really cool because we can't really tell you have a passion about it. So like mm-hmm. you just didn't go to school because it was something on the list. Right. Like, this right. has been embedded in you since right. you were a child. So right. like, I feel like this is something that you were supposed to do. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: So did you always aspire to be an entrepreneur?
2: Yes, I did. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, I come from a
0: family of
2: entrepreneurs. <laughs> okay. um, both of my grandfather's own stores. My um, granddaddy is still alive in Marshall, Texas. He owns a grocery store it's been around I I would venture to say 100 years but I can't say for certain because his dad owned it right and my other grandfather owned a furniture um reupholstering shop Mm
0: -hmm. up until
2: he passed um so just watching both of them and I was able to work in both of their stores I was able to help out Mm -hmm. um yeah so Mm
1: motivation
2: yeah it's it's in
1: me Okay, and uh, what mindset or strategy sets you apart? I know you said you grew up, or this has been embedded in you since mm-hmm. you were in middle school. But other than that, like what else sets you apart from everybody else? From the uh, from my friends and right. family and stuff. One, I was very stubborn.
2: <laughs> um, very stubborn. I was a. Um, like by today's standards, I would be defined as a problem kid. I talked way too much in class. I fought all the time. Was us. Yeah, <laughs> like us put together. Yeah, did quite a bit. I um, the principal knew me by name, um, and the teachers. You know, like I remember vividly my mom telling me. I think it was like my sophomore year in college. Maybe she said, "If you get into another fight, you're going to live with your daddy." And so I tried. Hard as I could not to do that, but that didn't work. So anyway, <laughs> um, but it was a sense of uh, I'm going to succeed, you know, regardless, mm-hmm. like I may, I may be cutting up over here, but I was still an honorable student. Right. So I never, I never stopped working. Mm-hmm. I may get into trouble after three 30. It's all you know, whatever. It's a right. free for all after three thirty, three forty five. But while I was in school, stop mm-hmm. stop messing with me, leave me alone. And right. you know, even if I had a fight in school before I got suspended, I would go to the teacher and say, Can I just have my work? you know Sound like me, my right. Friend. And so it was just wow. there.
0: Mm -hmm. wow okay so now that we know a little bit more about you let's go ahead and get into today's into today's topic Mm -hmm. um so there's a stigma around mental health in the black Mm -hmm. community and black people historically have um tended to normalize their suffering and just basically make it seem like everybody struggles with these same Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and so in an attempt to appear strong and be you know quote-unquote survivor they don't seek help and Mm -hmm. they kind of just suffer silently mm-hmm. um as opposed to not looking weak or having people in their business right so why do you feel that is
2: i think it's from generations um mm-hmm. of privacy mm-hmm. of having to put on the strong uh, face in front of everybody that um we have it all together at all times but my elevator speech is is pretty quick i ask people when i go to pta meetings i talk um People give me a few seconds to speak. I asked myself, okay, so if your husband was having a heart attack, what would you do? Dial 911. If um, your child came home, they broke their tooth during a baseball game, what would you do? I'd call the dentist. Um, if the teacher called and said they had to move your child to the front of the room because they couldn't see the board, what would you do? I'd call the optometrist just as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. I said, so why is it that when you are having difficulty getting out of bed every day and nothing's physically wrong with you, you won't call a counselor? When your kid comes home crying every day because somebody's being bullied, but you won't call a counselor. When Mm -hmm. you and your husband are going through a divorce and you see that your child is suffering, but you won't call a counselor. Why is it that we'll take care of everything else, but we will not take care of our mental faculties? We won't take care of our emotional, our Mm -hmm. spiritual uh, faculties. Why is it that we won't do that? You are cheating yourself. There's too many resources out here. So just like you would call 911 if your husband was having
1: a heart attack, your marriage is having a heart attack. Your family is having a heart attack. You need to get some help. Absolutely. And that's funny that you brought that up because one of the questions that I wanted to know is like specifically, how often do you think we should seek mental health? Because I know, you know, even when we don't have an ailment, like a broken tooth or something like that, like I feel like it should be just as important as the yearly doctor checkups or your six months Right. dentist appointment. Like right. So what would you suggest as far as just peeking in and sitting and talking with a counselor just to make sure that your mental health is okay?
2: Well, answer, answer that for yourself. How regularly do you take care of those, you know, you, right. your eye doctor, your dentist, and your primary care physician? How often mm-hmm. do you visit those? Or how often is it recommended that you visit those? Mm-hmm. And so I suggest the same thing. And the reason I say this is because the most difficult thing there is to do when it comes to counseling is getting to know a person well enough that you're going to tell them everything that's going on with you. When you're in the middle of a crisis, you're looking at this person saying, "Can I trust you with my secrets? Right. Can I trust you to to understand what I'm going through, especially mm-hmm. when you're looking at it from a cultural perspective? Mm-hmm. Can I really trust you?" And yeah. so if you already have a family counselor, that's it. I had a lady, um, text me over the weekend and it really threw me for a uh, loop because it was a video and I was like, Oh, this is not a nasty video. You know, somebody just texting it to me or whatever. So when she texted it to me, I, something about it was familiar. So I opened it up and it was her fiance. He was, um, asking her to marry him. You know, it was the big celebration and everything. Well, they've been coming to counseling with me for seven years or so. She said, I just thought you'd want to know that, you know, this is right. where we are. You know, it took us a long time to get here. Thank you for what you've offered. You know, it's been to my family, but they don't come every week. Right. They don't come every month, but for seven years, they've come off and on. You see right. what I'm saying? Right. And so she trusted me enough to send that video, very private video to say, Hey, this is where we are now. Thank you for your prayers and you know, your help and all of that. So that's what you want. Just like your primary care physician, you don't want to have to go in there and meet with a new Right. Doctor, every year that you go for your checkup. So, you want to have a counselor in place. Your kids get to know the counselor. I've had single ladies like yourself, they've been coming for years and then they all of a sudden they start bringing this guy in, you know, <laughs> and I'm looking at the guy like, mm, you know, and so, it, and it's all, you know, it's just this dance that we do and they decide they're going to get married or they decide that they don't, it was still something that she was able to discuss with someone that wouldn't judge her for the choices that she was making, right. they wouldn't throw it back in her face if they got married and then divorced, you know, your mom, your dad, you know, whatever, your friends are going to be like, I told you you shouldn't have married him, Mm-hmm. Versus me saying So what did you learn From marrying him And now getting divorced Absolutely
1: absolutely.
0: Um. So what are some warning signs That I or someone I know May need help Because like you said We can call off the symptoms If my tooth is broke mm-hmm. I go to the dentist You know if I'm mm-hmm. having a heart attack I go to the doctor But like what are the warning signs How do you know that You might need to go see a counselor So, um, there's different warning signs
2: for crisis, for trauma, um, just for reliving some past traumas. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, that's a really hard question to answer because you really have to compartmentalize it. Um, Like, you know, you ladies are venturing um, on, on this new, you know... Um, dream that you have. I hope it's a plan, not a dream, but you, you're, you're venturing into this. And so some ladies would come to me just for some organization, just to say, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, and I need some accountability. So I'm a huge uh, person of accountability, so much so that my practice now um, has really leaned heavily in that, that I do an annual workshop every year on accountability. It's for mm-hmm. 31 days, um, books, everything, just straight on accountability. Mm-hmm. So Um, If it's about trauma, if you're finding that these uh, memories are coming up way too often and they're infiltrating things that they shouldn't infiltrate, Mm -hmm. like a a history of abuse. And now you're in this marriage and you can't really settle into it, you know, feel good in your skin. Mm -hmm. um, Crisis. You feel like something is going to happen, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a different reason for Mm -hmm. people coming to counseling. So it's not just a list, but what people traditionally look for is I'm depressed. Okay. That word is so overused. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're just sad. Mm -hmm. We're sad. Something bad happened. You know, I moved to a new city. I'm not making friends. I left my mama, you know, whatever. Um, I I wrecked my car. So yeah, you're going to be sad. You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All of us are not clinically depressed that we just can't be, but are we sad? Yeah. And, and does it seem worse? Yeah, because we see everybody on social media being so happy. You, you see what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. it's it's a different, um, it's really difficult to say what are the signs that say I need um, okay. counseling. Because okay. it's probably specific person by person. It's, it is. Yeah, it is. Because I, I one thing my daddy told me when I told him I was going to be a counselor, he said, well, you will always work because everybody needs somebody to talk to sometimes. So mm-hmm. that you you just make sure they know you're out there and you will work. So when I started, you know, 20 years ago, um, I was one of the few black cl- clinicians in the area and one that even got on the insurance panels. So I was working all the time, mm-hmm. really working myself to death because everybody was looking for a black counselor, especially a black female. Mm-hmm. And so I was working all the time. Well, now we have far more. Um, clinicians of different backgrounds, and and people are, you know, they can be very specific about what they're needing.
1: It mm-hmm. mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, I mean, because I have a personal story, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's a lot of people who were in the same boat as me who mm-hmm. really didn't know what to do. So, growing up, um, I mean, with my mom, my biological mom, you know, I just literally saw her go from this Bi- happily, mm-hmm. you know, vibrant woman. To just, you know, the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love my mom to death. And it's just like, you know, you have a soft spot because you know something isn't right. Mm -hmm. And as a child, you know, I didn't understand it. I was just like, oh, my mom is tripping again. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, she complaining again. Oh, you know, it's a black mother thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, And, you know, when I was 18, I left the house basically because I couldn't deal with it anymore. Suffocating. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like if I had known what was going on, because she was recently diagnosed with being bipolar. Oh, bipolar. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like if I had known that then or if I had the resources as a child in high school, middle school, to know what it looked like and what to do and what my mom, like, needed, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have, you know, left the house. I wouldn't have felt like I was being, you know, bullied or anything like that in the home. I wouldn't have left. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, I guess my question is, like, what would you suggest for youth as far as if they see this going on? Like, what would you tell them to do? How would you tell them to nurture their parents or their sisters or their friends? I wouldn't, okay, so even yeah. when you're saying that, I wouldn't tell a kid to nurture their parents. Mm-hmm.
2: I just wouldn't. That's, I still would have said, leave home. Your your mom is an adult. She mm-hmm. has to take care of herself. I mm-hmm. went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I ran out the door at 17. Mm-hmm. Because it is so suffocating um to uh be with a person like that. Now what you can do is reach out to family members, um school counselors, um you can even leave literature for your mom and say hey, this is what I think is going on. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm not saying abandon, but I'm not saying I what I am saying is that that's, that that is what happens in the black community is that you have kids taking care of their parents. And when you have that there becomes, you know, even more dysfunction because you're forced to mature way too early Mm -hmm. and you end up missing out on the things that you should have experienced. So it's like telling a baby to walk before they crawl. Some babies do it. Developmentally, that's the worst thing that they can do. But they actually do it. and, And everybody thinks, oh, my baby's walking. My baby never crawled, you know, and it's like. Dude, that, that's just not oh good. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sitting at the family reunion like, okay, okay you know, watch you don't the mom me. Song. Yeah. So, you know, put the baby down. Let the baby yeah. crawl. You know, don't do that. So, it's the same thing that I would have said to you. Mm-hmm. Let your mama go. Call, you know, call your grandmama. Call your auntie. Call somebody. But let them take care of her. You go off to college and be who you need to be. Right. Because you cannot be who she needs you to be. Right. Does that that make sense? And
1: that's interesting because I've never heard that ever. Mm -hmm. Usually I hear the exact opposite. Like, why did you leave? Why did you do So, like, hearing that from a professional, Mm -hmm. like, basically your body, your mind tells you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom was telling me, you got to go because if you don't go, you're not going to make it. You will not. So, I feel like mental health, like, that, me being mentally strong, that Mm -hmm. helped me. So, like, hearing it from you is like confirmation Mm -hmm. because... I promise you, all of these years, even till last week, mm-hmm. I'm thinking I messed up. I sh- I shouldn't have left. Like, but she got
2: the help, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so but it's
1: just like you know, because you know, you miss up. Because I just seen, you know, saw them, just got connected back with them from the past five years. Mm-hmm. Within the last couple months. So mm-hmm. this is why this is a topic I want to talk about because it's like I'm just connected with them, mm-hmm. and it's like I got some skeletons. Like, oh, I should have did this. I should have did that. So, like, that confirmation was like, you did the right thing. You got your degree. You did everything right. that you were supposed to do. You still text her, call and make sure right. she's okay. So, that is enough. Right. Because I guess I feel like I was not doing enough. But hearing that is like confirmation. Like, hey, that's enough. Right. You still have to live your life. Right. You still got to do what you got to do. And that is enough. Right. Because I don't have no kids. So. I agree with you that we don't.
2: Um, here, that like nobody told me that um, in in that context. Mm-hmm. What somebody did tell me was leave. Right. It was a guy that I was dating. He said you have got to go, right. and I was like I can't leave my mama. Cause I I think yeah, I went to Spelman. Mm-hmm. I was headed to Atlanta. I mean I'm mm-hmm. I'm getting up out of Oak Cliff. I'm leaving or whatever. And um, and then she just got worse and worse and worse. And I think she was depressing about me leaving. I know mm-hmm. that cause that was it. We only had each other. I was a, mm-hmm. I was the only child. So it was just you know her and I for mm-hmm. years. And so. I think, you know, looking back on it, that she was depressing, but nobody saw that. You see what I'm saying? They just saw her just closing in on herself. And me, I'm, I'm at 13, I was driving my mama to work and then driving myself, you know, to the rick or whatever. You see what I'm saying? So all of this stuff was going on. So at 17, when it just got to be too suffocating, I just, I ran. I ran. I moved out, you know, with a guy and... That, of course, didn't work, you know, but it was still, if, if somebody had said, Stacia, leave so that you can be who you need to be. Mm-hmm. And I take that back. I did, he did send me to a counselor, this guy that I was dating. He sent me to a counselor. But that woman tried to do, she tried to say something to me that was not the case. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. She, she tried to put into my life something that even now at 46, I know that what she was telling me was not the case. Mm -hmm. And so I ran, you see what I'm saying? So I didn't go to counseling for years after that because that experience was so bad. But, um, so I think, you know, at some point, I'm sure she said in the session, you need to go, I don't know what that woman said. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, don't don't harness that guilt mm-hmm. because you didn't you didn't abandon her. You didn't abandon her. You went to live.
1: Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Because I, I definitely feel like I wouldn't be the one that I am today. If you if had stayed. I would have stayed.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So are there any preventive measures? Um, mm-hmm. That you can take to ensure that you are mentally healthy.
2: So, okay, two. That's a two-part question because some people are chemically disposed for mental illness. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, the 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 best tool that they have is education. Okay. If if I have bipolar disorder, like your mom, um, if I have bipolar disorder, I need to be honest with my children. And let them know that I have bipolar disorder because you have a higher likelihood of having bipolar disorder, okay, mm-hmm. because genetics play a part in that. And so because I'm going to educate you, you won't run when somebody suggested or you won't run should you get to 30, 40 and start having depressive thoughts mm-hmm. and have a weight, you know, weight on you. Or you start having manic episodes, you know, you'll start paying it just like, okay, I just uh, emptied my bank account that's just not good. Okay. Right. That's, you know, yeah. that's a manic episode, you know, cause you know better than that. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part, if you're chemically disposed to it, mm-hmm. um, the preparation is in the education. Right. Um, and then, so after that becomes both for each, if mm-hmm. you are, um, um, education is the key. The next part of it is, uh, health wise. Um, just like you need to take care of your body, eating the fruits mm-hmm. and drinking enough water um, sleep. Oh, that's weird. You know, yeah. I know. Yeah, I think you know you don't need enough sleep.
0: And we can run all day and all that you, night. That you can
2: run all day and all night, but um, that that's a huge um indicator. That like when people come to me for the first time, I ask them about what kind of foods they eat, how much water are they drinking, how much mm-hmm. exercise are they getting, how much sleep are they getting, okay. and 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 if we get all of those three in check or four in check, and they're still having. The emotional problems. Then we begin to look at other things. But uh, you can't come talk to me if you only got three hours of sleep last night. You see what I'm saying? That I'm just, I'm just Absolutely. taking your money, and I just, right. <laughs> I don't want to take your money. But even like if I'm working with families, I'll tell families, "What time is he going to bed?" Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Well, he don't go till midnight. Well, he gonna act up the next day. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We know to sit down as an adult when we're tired. Kids right. don't know that. They go into overdrive because they're overcompensating. It's right. like it's like they're overcalibrating and you end up going to the other side of it. Right. So yeah. Taking care mm-hmm. of the basics is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you find you are taking care of the basics and you're still having a difficult time, you definitely want to go to a counselor. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so make sure you take care of the basics first. Yes, then if you don't still... set yourself up. Okay.
2: Yeah, like my son is 20, and um, it, and our kids, um, we were just very regimented. Um, we didn't strangle them with our uh, routines, but up until they were in high school, they had to go to bed at 7.30, 8 o'clock. It wasn't until they got into uh, sports And you're out at the games and everything, so you're out late. Then we started letting them go to bed at 9.30. You know, now my daughter's a senior. She'll go to bed at whatever time. But one thing um, we we revealed to them was that um, my son, if he doesn't get enough sleep, he's awful. He's awful. The world is awful. Things are awful. I mean, it's just you know, it it he, it, 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 it it's just a filter right. because he's looking at it through fatigue. Mm-hmm. And so now that he's in college, he's away. You know, he, he'll call home. He was like, "I feel so good. I got enough sleep. Kids snap. You know, they'll send videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Chance of sleep. You know, he he just." Flat out just go to sleep wherever. Do get your naps. That's <laughs> yeah. all I'm saying. Get yeah. your naps. You know. And so now he knows to do that because he understands that that fatigue right. filter it, it just compromises. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we already we talked about how mental health affects children. Um but how does it affect the rest of the family dynamics? Um like there has been yeah. Five, extended family like if there's someone who needs help and they're not getting help how can that affect other members
2: um, there's a book called I think it's called 24 hour hold do you guys hour. know B.B. Mm-hmm. Moore Campbell have you guys ever read any of her books I do, y'all too young to know this show but LL um, Ella Cujo used to have a show a sitcom and the teenager on the show beautiful girl she is B.B. Moore Campbell's daughter she has bipolar disorder, severe bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Bibi Moore Campbell is a well-renowned author. You should really read okay. her books. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book um, it, it was based on her experiences raising her daughter and how mm-hmm. difficult it was to raise her after they figured out that she does have bipolar disorder. Yeah. And uh, it's a really good book. Um, Bibi has since died but um, It really describes how difficult it is for the family Mm -hmm. um, to manage someone who who will not cooperate with care. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing to get over, who will not cooperate with care. And then um, the constant time that it requires to keep them stabilized. Mm -hmm. So. One of the things that when you have bipolar disorder, you'll get the medication, you'll take it, start feeling good again, so then something triggers in you that says, oh, I don't need the medication, I'm fine, I can do this by myself, I don't need medication. Well, yeah, you do need medication, the reason you feel fine is because you are on the medication, and so you go through this, you know, circle or cycle Mm -hmm. of events, so for the family, the fatigue level is what is so difficult, it's Mm -hmm. like, um, and, and tell me if I'm, you know, taking it too far it's like watching your loved one die repeatedly mm-hmm. because they keep having episodes mm-hmm. and every time they have an episode, you're grieving mm-hmm. the loss of what was, what could have been or what should have been. Right. Okay. And so if you, if you can just equate that to somebody having to watch their loved one die over and over again and the strain that it puts on your psyche. Mm-hmm. So um, what I explained to families, you know, like I told you, no, you're going to go. That's what I tell the kids. Uh, you, some kids, I make a pact. Let's just get through the next two years. How about that? Let's just get, let's just get through the next two years. You you make the best grades you can so right. you can get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And and let's do this. I'm what I'm telling you is don't fall to the pressure. Don't go into arguing with your mom and dad. You know whatever it is. You know let's just let's just do this little bit of experiment. If you just do what they say, right. do. Mm-hmm. Let's just see what happens. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's what I did. I, I just fell up under the radar. As long as I was getting good grades, I went to work, home by a certain time, she never said anything to me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't until I didn't get up from work on time or I stayed out too late or mm-hmm. one of the teachers called home that it would just be fireworks, you know, in the house. So I, I know what living under the radar is, right. and I know how effective it can be. Right. Um, but for husbands like or spouses of someone that's dealing with mental illness, it's very hard for that relationship to remain intact. Definitely. Hence my parents' divorce.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, my, you know, my biological parents, they just, you know, went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, my dad was just talking about how how hard it was, mm-hmm. you know, because you want to, like you said, it's like watching somebody die over and mm-hmm. over again. So it goes beyond just having to take care of somebody. Like right. you literally watching somebody dwindle away right. every couple months. So that's, And everybody around expects you to revive that person. Mm -hmm. Mm And that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure.
2: Everybody around, your parents, her parents, the kids, do something, do something, Mm -hmm. do something, you know.
0: So, if it's not healthy to try to stick around to revive that person, how can we hold ourselves and those people accountable so, so it's not help.
2: okay so we do need to get them some help let me make that okay. clear we do need to get them some help
1: so don't just run away don't <laughs>
2: just run away okay. no only reason I told you you should have left was because you were a kid and needed right. to leave home if you were her spouse no yeah. Yeah. you see what I'm saying that's a different role we say to they'll do us part so right. that's the good and the bad right. you, you see what I'm saying if, if and if the roles were reversed if it was you it's your mom's responsibility so take to take care, care of you. Right. right. Okay. So there we go. Um, yeah. So you 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 definitely help your family. Mm-hmm. You right. don't you don't just run off. You get the resources, you 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 talk to them, mm-hmm. you remain in it, but it's just some boundaries that you have to put up. And then you, you, you have to decide what's the level of mental illness that they have. Mm-hmm. Some things it is depression, so you're not psychotic. You're not going to hurt anybody else. You're just not enjoying life. And because you don't enjoy life, I'm not enjoying life. So let me go get you some help. But if you have someone that's psychotic, then yeah, you're looking at another level of care and that's a whole nother show. Right. Yeah.
1: So now that we know, I guess just the gist of mental health, how we need to take care of ourselves, um, how how do we go about finding counselors or therapists? Because I know... Like I said, when I was young, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know where to go. So right. What would you suggest? Okay. So definitely for
2: uh, kids, you know, school age, you're going to go to your school counselor mm-hmm. um, to find someone um, and ask for resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an adult, there's a lot of uh, databases now available mm-hmm. online. Like I'm registered with Psychology Today. um you you, yeah you just go in there and put in your demographics and voila you know all these people come up um but it's several like i said databases and you can just google like somebody said um today she said i just googled her name and the whole page (laughs) just popped up (laughs) because i've been practicing for 20 years you know um she just uh, saw me speak somewhere so uh but if you're starting from scratch Mm -hmm. then you can go to a site like psychology today Okay. and look it up. Mm-hmm. And I guess
1: that's the difference between now and then. Because I guess when my mom and her mom, when they were growing up, it wasn't a You didn't those resources. Yeah, stuff. it wasn't a mm-hmm. Google. It wasn't a something mm-hmm. you could just type something in and voila. Right. So I guess that's probably why it's been so hard for the black community to really talk about it and seek help mm-hmm. until now. Because mm-hmm. now... It's like I could be by myself in my closet on Google. Right. I don't have to go to nobody and be right. embarrassed. And, so you, and a lot, difference. and
2: you can do um, virtual counseling now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm working with a company called BetterHelp. I think BetterHelp, and that's all it is. This video mm-hmm. uh, counseling, and so you're talking to people from Hawaii, mm-hmm. you know, from wherever. Um, So you definitely have more uh, Access to it However for the older population to tell You know my grandmother at 82 Hey I'm going to set you up this counselor She's not going to do that But if I could convince her to do that Then we don't have to worry about transportation We don't have to worry about the wheelchair We don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about all of these other things that You know we have to get into place to get her there Mm -hmm. So if I could convince her to do that But uh, I think it is a
1: lot more Accessible now Definitely and that's helpful because I feel like we can, this generation can definitely make a change as far as, if not just, you know, because you can't cure mental health, but mm-hmm. we can definitely make sure we're aware and we're taking care of ourselves. It's know?
2: about a, a quality of life. That's mm-hmm. what I tell people. So when, when, you know, the first thing people say, well, are you going to give me medication? No, I don't, I don't do medication. I'm a right. psychologist. I can't do medication as a psychiatrist. Well, what do you think about medication? I said, okay, well, let me tell you this. Like, I just walked up those stairs. Did you see how slow I (laughs) walked? Why? Because I have asthma. I'm on an inhaler. Mm -hmm. So, if I had tried to run up the stairs without taking my inhaler, I would have just collapsed at the top. Mm -hmm. When I go exercise, every time before I exercise, I puff on that inhaler. Mm -hmm. A diabetic shoots that insulin. Mm Do you see what I'm saying? A a high blood pressure, they're going to take that medication. So it is the same thing. It is about a quality of life. Mm-hmm. Nobody looks at me back. If I sat down on the couch and did my inhaler, you probably would have said, oh, Dr. Anderson, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'd be like, <laughs> no, nope, but it's okay. But you see what I'm saying? But you wouldn't have thought less of me right. because I did an inhaler. Right. So we have to get over the stigma of people thinking less of us because mm-hmm. I'm taking an antidepressant, mm-hmm. because I'm taking a mood stabilizer, mm-hmm. because it's about quality of life.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: And so once they get past that, then they say, so, "Okay, give me a referral to a psychiatrist." I sure can. <laughs> <laughs> I sure can.
0: <laughs> okay, so what role does stress play in mental health? It just like with any other
2: part of our body, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can die from stress. And so emotionally, yeah. it's the same thing. Cognitively, stress will, you it's another filter. You begin to think differently when mm-hmm. you're under more stress. I can't do this. There's no way I'm going to succeed. Nobody likes me anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm in this by myself. So stress does the same thing. It puts a filter over how we look at our lives. Mm-hmm. So again, we're in this busy and I, mm-hmm. I get caught up in it myself. You know, we're in this busy, just move, 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 move um way of living right now and we don't really appreciate just just sit down. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Just just sit down. Don't answer the phone. Don't don't turn on the TV. Put the iPad down. It's you so know.
0: hard for some people. It <laughs> is so hard. Well,
2: even for myself because I run so many groups online. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I'm tracking, you know, like you talked about your business and everything. I'm mm-hmm. tracking that. Hey, what's going on over here? I just posted this. Are so they mm-hmm. really do they really want this and things mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. And so you really just have to like I told somebody, I said, I have a to do list to check my to do list, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> because it's so much going on. But right. stress will do that, and mm-hmm. it'll have you. You're not gonna sleep if you're stressed at night, mm,
0: mm, mm.
2: you're not gonna get up and exercise the next morning if you're stressed, no. right? And so, just like it filters into other areas of our life, is it, it as well as our emotional wellness? It's
0: the same thing, okay? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, that takes us to the next section of okay. questions. So we're just going to go a little deeper into some statistics and okay. things that we looked up. Okay. Um, so in our research, we found that suicide is the third leading cause of death among black people between the ages of 15 and 24. Mm-hmm. Can you give us your opinion on why that is? Like, we we have our own opinion, but we... Well, let me go. hear your opinion first. <laughs> you can go first. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell so, you the other point. Um, I do feel that Um, Black people as a whole suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. Just from what we've experienced historically in this country and what we still experience today. Mm -hmm. As far as watching, you know, black bodies being shot down on camera and on social media and on the TV. And everywhere you turn, black people are being criminalized. And I feel like the way that we are portrayed... the media, the things we've been taught to believe about ourselves, Mm -hmm. that we're less than or that black is bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like all of that plays into just basically how we perceive ourselves. And um, a lot of people can't escape from that, especially if you're in a situation where that's all you see. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't see any black people succeeding or making it out of the hood or making it out alive, then you kind of feel like, There's no point for me to really be here or, you know, my life doesn't matter. So I feel like all of those factors Mm -hmm. kind of play into that, especially for young people, um, because we're so exposed to the Internet and to social media. So a lot of the times we're the first ones seeing all of the messed up stuff that's happening and we're consuming this media all day and all night. (laughs) And it's
1: really not a break from it. Yeah, I think it's that because I definitely agree with the post-traumatic stress thing. Like Mm -hmm. We have been through a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's like when we know that we've been through a lot, but still we have people telling us that we have not been through enough. Like, that's rough. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that. And I think it also ties into what we were speaking about earlier as far as we don't know that we have resources. Mm -hmm. We don't know that we have somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. So we think we're by ourselves. So we're dealing with that. As well as we don't have anywhere to go. You know, all, I don't have anybody to call. I don't know. I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have any real friends, any real resources. So you feel like you're alone. And when you just by yourself with those thoughts, like, that's, you know, probably where suicide and things like that come in. Because you feel like the world doesn't care about me. So if I'm not here, you know, nobody, that's not going to you know, matter. Nobody's going to yeah. care.
2: Did you when you looked up those statistics did you break it down by
0: the socioeconomic class? Um no, but I've done a little bit of research. Okay. I'm taking the an ethics and economics class okay. right now.
2: I would so, want to know. Yeah, cuz so what I do, what I really try to be careful of um <clears throat> I don't want to put all black people into one category. Right. In terms of saying um, their lack of access to resources, right. um, and so what's what what? So when you and I'm just going deeper into your yeah, statistics. Just, yeah, let's just really <laughs> <just, let's> really process <laughs> this, go. right? Um, so I would want to know where the suicide where's suicide on the list of cause of death for white kids that same age. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is, is it up there as well? Is it in the third, you know, like you said, that's the third leading cause. What is it for white people as well? Okay. So, so with that, I want y'all to research that a little bit yes, further. Ma'am. Okay. All right. So what I'm saying is the post-traumatic stress disorder, I, I do agree with. Okay. I think it is also, um, trauma. Okay. Um, a, and a lack of uh readiness, like you said, you mm-hmm. don't know where to go. And mm-hmm. so, remember, I said when a baby walks before they crawl, they're right. really ill prepared for what comes with walking, right. right? And so, when you have groups of kids that have grown up and they haven't been able to be kids, mm-hmm. and now you get to 18 and 24, and people are expecting adult like behaviors from you, mm-hmm. but emotionally, you're still a kid,
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay. So then you, you tend to collapse under the pressure. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. So I may be able to um, pay bills. I may be able to drive my mama to work. But emotionally, no. I'm not ready for 18, you know, 24, you know, what have you, college on my own. I'm going to go off. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. So that would be the, first, would be the second thing. Okay. The third thing would be entitlement. This age group, when I think 18 to 24... I don't think trauma. Mm -hmm. I don't think PTSD. Mm -hmm. I think entitlement. They see everything on that internet that says you can get what you want when now. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get what I want, I don't know how to deal with it. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I absolutely do not know how to deal with no. Mm -hmm. And because I don't know how
1: to deal with no, life is over. Wow, She fussing at us, y'all. No, <laughs> it's true. funny
0: because me and my mom have this conversation about millennials mm-hmm. and entitlement. So just hearing it from a psychologist, yeah, like perspective, it's like, yeah, yeah.
1: is real because mm-hmm. and it's true because we have everything right here. Mm-hmm. Like older g- generations, like y'all had to go to the library. Oh y'all have gosh. to put in work. Like us, we could just sit down all day, and I, we don't have to you leave don't the have house. To leave. We could order food. Mm-hmm. We can do. You get, get a car, you get rid yes. yes. We're like, yes. we don't have to go nowhere. Yes. So I feel like you are absolutely right. Like when we don't get that job that we just put an education. Yeah, for, or, what, what, why, why? Why didn't I we get we Wait, what? What? I
2: don't. Which mean I didn't get that apartment. Which mean I didn't and get that car. And then we put
1: so mm-hmm. much emphasis. Like I love education. I love my mm-hmm. degree. But we put so much emphasis on if you go to college, you're gonna be successful. And that's and successful. it's a lot of us going to college by the masses, and mm-hmm. we getting out like, yeah, what's up? Let's go. Mm-hmm. And it's like no. Mm Because you still got to put that experience in. You still have to work. Right. You have to earn it. it. Exactly. And that's what we not really the work ethic
0: right and I think that kind of also goes into what you were saying about preparation right Mm -hmm. it's also about what you're taught and what you're told so people are teaching you your whole life if you go to school and get a degree you'll be fine and that's what you're conditioned to think Mm -hmm. until you're actually in that situation Mm -hmm. and you're expecting what everyone has conditioned you to think Mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen so now you also feel like
1: everything's collapsing right I'm nothing it's not going the way I want it to right right. Mm -hmm.
0: I
2: agree
1: So the next one, um, young adult African-Americans, especially those who have higher levels of education, are less likely to seek professional help um, than their white counterparts. So why do you think that is and what are the implications of that? Well, so
2: more often than not, Mm -hmm. we are taught to be very independent, Mm right? Right. And to figure it out. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Right? Yes, Yes, Lord. Lord. That's
0: my daddy tell me all the time. Figure Figure it it out. (laughs) And so,
2: right. And so when you do that, you, you, you know, you, uh, uh, unintentionally you take that. You know, that's just, mm-hmm. that's just how you with are with everything. everything. I should be able to figure this out when you internalize, a lo- you internalize it. When a lot of times you just say it out loud to somebody, they'll say, girl, why
1: are you doing that? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, and you, then you process it. Yeah. I think it's a quote that says it's something about what's running around in your head. But once you get it out of your mouth, either through the fingertips or your lips, mm-hmm. then you can begin to really process it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what happened. That's why we don't you know go we as think much. we, can we too do it big, Yeah, we're too busy trying to do it ourselves or even reinvent the wheel. When right. I told somebody today, I was like, if you don't go Google that, what? I said, <laughs> what are you I, said no, I said, girl, I promise you, it's a whole set of flashcards on the internet, I guarantee you, Quizlet. I couldn't think I of that when I was a, I told her, I said, get him, let me ask somebody on the, uh, you know, twenty four. they going to know. I love Quizlet. And, and So now I'm going to have to text her when I get out of here and say it's Quizlet. But yeah, I said, girl, you don't have to. She's talking about, well, I can go make the flashcard. I said, if you mm-hmm. write one flashcard, it right it's <laughs> I, I guarantee you whatever topic you want. So
0: yeah, it, you know. I did not know that. <laughs> you didn't know that? No. but I'm old school. I like to write on my note card, and you can and print flash. them out. But you, you can, can print Wizard out. You but can, to me, I don't know. It's just something about writing. When I write something down, I you, remember.
2: No, anymore. that's the way you learn. You you have yes. two different ways of learning. It's visual, yes. and you use handwritten. Mm-hmm. So no, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Yeah, but I'm
1: just saying you it easier. So if you're rushing, <laughs> well,
2: and it. you can even <laughs> print it off. You, you know. Can. So here's the deal: like if you're studying a book chapter ten in this particular book, you go, go you know, search that in quizlet it's gonna give you all of the highlights that of that chapter. Yeah. yeah. Right, on right on it. Right on it. And That's you write hard. you this print it out about. and you write on it.
1: It's just like no Where have I been? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Right. My my I don't know I S A T not
2: know on Quizlet. yeah Spanish yeah. like oh any topic
1: I everything down to like the course name like yes. physics 101 like yes. you can type that oh in quickly God. got the class and
2: if it's not and you go in and put your um your no own cards own. in there and name They'll it, add it it's there. added into the database oh helping everybody
0: goodness. out yep. exactly I'm gonna go on
1: it's free it's free oh, there you my go goodness it's, it's absolutely
0: free wow okay yeah i'm gonna have to definitely take that <laughs> out. but no that that question about um young adults and seeking help kind of speaks to me and my situation because this year i was trying to figure out how to get some help um because mm. in january very close friend of mine. I'm the only child, but she was the closest thing I had to a sister. Her name was Sheena. And she died mm. um, from cancer. And so when she died, it was January 3rd. I was at work, and my mom called me and was like, she stopped breathing last night, so we're headed to the hospital. So I called my boss, and I said, I was on my way to work, but I'm going to the hospital. And so on the way there, I got the call that she died. And I just remember thinking, I don't know... Like, I don't know how to continue life without this person being here on earth, Mm -hmm. right? And so, like, for a normal person who doesn't have anything going on, that's one thing. But I'm in school full-time. I'm working full-time. I'm in ministry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I have a side hustle. So, for me to be like, I don't know how Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue life, Mm -hmm. I just felt like I needed to get help. And I started reaching out to the people around me, asking them what they thought about it. And people were telling me like, you don't need help. You don't need to. You don't need help. Like you're gonna be okay. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't need help. And then today,
1: I was like, I'm going to get some help. Because <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> I'm like, she hit me up a couple times. Like, hey, I feel like this. I think I should. After she she called me one day, was like, I think I should see a counselor. I was like, well, anytime you say that. Go you see go, a counselor. Because yeah. yeah. it's like, especially when you're in college, that's free. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's, it's there. Free. So if it's you're sh- ever thinking, I think I should go, just go. Mm-hmm. What what mm-hmm. can you lose? Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're feeling some type of way for some reason, your mind, your body mm-hmm. right you now is healthy, it's telling you. Right. Go. So,
2: mm-hmm. yes. so exactly. you need to go. Your
1: body give you warning. Yes. You need, to go. Mm-hmm. you need to go. Mm-hmm. Go. I tell you, go see somebody. Because mm-hmm. I I know you, and I know she's lively and all of this. So if you texted to me saying you can't sleep, and she greedy. So if you can <laughs> talking about you can't eat mm-hmm. like and I'm eating all the Yeah, like you need to go. Just go mm-hmm. right now. Go. Yeah. Even if you just there to talk about right. talk about your life. Right. Cause you can talk to me and I could be like, Yeah, I'm sorry for your loss, but I don't know where you right. come. Cause right. I've never had a friend like that. But right. they hear this all the time. Right. They know what it looks like, they know what to look for But right. you talk to me, I can be here for you all day. But I don't know what to do. Right. But it's people that it to yes. school for years mm-hmm. to, to help you, so mm-hmm. it's best to go.
0: And I think it's just, like, different for us as black women because we're seen as, like, the strong, strong. one mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the one that's keeping everything together. So when we say we need help, I think it kind of scares everybody else around us that Mm -hmm. we're holding up because they're like wait a minute if she needs help help, i need help help. i definitely (laughs) need (laughs) help but it's like it's nothing wrong with just going and having somebody to talk to and i have friends who are in counseling um now and they told me you know girl go even if it's just one time right um just go so i'm definitely going to look into that Mm -hmm. um after this conversation (laughs) please and thank you please and thank you yes (laughs) ma'am but let's see
1: okay this is the last question okay um statistics show that high levels of social media usage can lead to low (laughs) self-esteem body image insecurity and even depression Mm mm-hmm um, why is that and how can we combat the negative effects of social media on mental health? Which I know we kind of touched on it before, but just in more details, like mm-hmm. what, what would you suggest?
2: It is because I'm not going.
1: Well, let me say this.
2: Some people do put up every aspect of their yes. lives when oh, they're feeling bad goodness. and when they're feeling good. But most of us only put up our highlights. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm looking at your uh video feed, your your social media feed through your highlights and I'm going through a low light,
1: mm-hmm.
2: then it, it 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 really escalates it. Right. It really mm-hmm. does. Um, and a lot of us can tell ourselves that we're not going to get caught up in social media, but that's just like me playing a song, even while you're asleep. If I play that song over and over again, it begins to get in your psyche right. and you're singing that song without even really, you know, you're back. not consciously doing right. it. Right. And so it's the same thing with social media mm-hmm. and it, you know what social media does. It keeps us from connecting with people mm-hmm. physically, I can watch you, but I cannot feel your energy. Right. So like the three of us are sitting here right now. We can feel each other's energy and there's a level of connection that develops mm-hmm. over time. But just talk on the phone, just, you know, listening through the radio waves or what have you. We're not building that energy with one another. Right. OK. And so social media keeps us from doing that. Well, what happens? Like you said, you're in ministry i tell people, like, in that accountability workshop, one part of it is spirituality. Mm-hmm. And within spirituality, we talk about corporate fellowship. And, and after, 300 women in the group last year, some of them said, I don't need to go to church. Okay? That's you. And a lot of people I, say that. I need you to reconcile okay. that with the word of God. If you can reconcile that with the word of God, because it says do not forsake the assembly, right? Okay? So, even if you feel like you don't need to go to church, what if somebody needs what you have to offer? church. Right. Mm -hmm. What if you're robbing the body of Christ because you want to stay at Bedside Baptist (laughs) and there's somebody in the pew Mm -hmm. that would get something from you? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's a give and a take in corporate uh, fellowship, just like there's a give and a take in us actually sitting down and breaking bread with one another. Mm -hmm. And then we're breaking bread with one another. Your phone is turned over because your energy Mm -hmm. is not interrupted Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. this phone. It just breaks the energy in a conversation in a relationship absolutely. and so it it really we don't see it though we we just we feel don't. like we have all of this technology at our fingertips
1: but we don't see how it's incapacitating us definitely mm-hmm. I absolutely agree wow. well I think that was it we yeah. we really learned a lot and I feel like our listeners have learned a lot as well um and we'll definitely I don't know if you have a a link to your site or
2: I do um uh I have two websites my um Okay, so the company is Positive Influences, and Mm -hmm. I've been running it for almost 20 years, Mm -hmm. and we do quite a few services out of there. Um, For your listeners that are in Dallas County, Mm -hmm. any family that has children between 0 and 17 could get counseling at no charge, Mm -hmm. absolutely no charge for family counseling. Outside of that demographic, um, we have counseling services on different levels, Mm -hmm. um, but as low as $40 that they could have um, sessions uh, with a professional counselor. Um, another program I run is the August accountability. Like I said, mm-hmm. that's a virtual program and we do 31 days of accountability on four quadrants, spiritual relationship, professional, and self care. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so that all of that, um, the counseling goes through positive influences. Okay. Um, the August accountability goes through staciaalexander.com. Mm-hmm. So it's two different websites, but I'm, a, of course, I'm the director over both. Right. And then um the third project that I have going on, my family and I wrote a book and it's due to be released in July. Okay, Um,
1: congratulations.
2: June, not July, back it up, June. And thank you. And so that book, um, my husband and I, we've been married for um twenty four years this year. Um, we have two kids that are 20 and 17, mm-hmm. and we all wrote the book together.
1: Oh, that's mm-hmm.
2: nice. So it's talking about parenting, but it's not just looking at it from our perspective. We also hear their voice okay. and what they felt and thought about what we did. Okay.
0: Yeah, um,
2: so that's called Alexander's The ba- uh, Balancing Act. So mm-hmm. all of those have Facebook pages.
0: Okay.
2: Um, and I've been told that I need to update my social media and get on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. I tried to set an Instagram account the other day and it wouldn't leave me. Yes, because
0: so. that was going to be our next question. How yeah. can I reach you on social media? But I have a
2: okay. Twitter. Yeah, okay. I do have Twitter, Stacia underscore P-I. And um, the Facebook page, Dr. Stacia Alexander and the Positive Influences in Alexander's to balance and Alexander's the
1: Balancing Act. Okay. Cool. So, we'll definitely make sure we post that on our social okay. media. Okay. Um, just so, because I know there's people out there that need to hear this or mm-hmm. that need to yeah. know that they have resources mm-hmm. they have, mm-hmm. or they have little brothers and sisters mm-hmm. that can have somewhere to go. So, we mm-hmm. we definitely appreciate it. And we appreciate your time. We thank, thank you for coming you. out. I enjoyed it.
0: Good advice. Yes. Before we leave, were there any more resources you would like to share with our listeners? they're looking for a counselor or anything like that.
2: Well, most of the time, whatever community you live in or the, the largest uh, city next to your community mm-hmm. will have a mental health organization. Okay. They should have a list of resources and then okay. 311 you can call uh, to get um, resources but you know, I'm sure your listeners Google it's just, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's Google just Google. magnificent. I mean, <laughs> it really, really is. You even got
1: to tell nobody,
2: yeah, <laughs> just,
0: just, just Google it, you know. Um, well, that is all we have. We will, um, definitely provide the links for the articles we use for research if you are. Um, are interested and going to check those out. And again, we just want to thank you, Dr. Alexander. Thank you, for ladies. Time. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a pleasure meeting you. Um, and yes, we hope to keep in touch. Yeah, keep in touch. <laughs> okay. Yep, yep, yep.
2: Maybe I can be a part of August accountability.
1: Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's all we have today. Goodbye, listeners. Bye. Goodbye.